Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling podcast. For countless parents, the journey to unschooling has redefined childhood and transformed their family relationships. Are you curious? Together, let's explore what living and learning looks like without school. Hello, everyone. I am Anna Brown from Living Joyfully, and this is episode number 350 of the Exploring Unschooling podcast. I'm joined by my co-host, Pamela Rickia and Erica Ellis, as well as our special guest this week, Sarah McMacken. Welcome to you all. (laughs) Today, we're sharing another episode in our On the Journey series, where we speak to our guests about their experiences, their aha moments, their challenges, and what they've learned on their unschooling journeys. Sarah is a member of the Living Joyfully Network, and I have so enjoyed meeting her and getting to know her and her family. Sarah brings so much joy to everything she does. Her insights and excitement about being a parent and finding ways to focus on connection while running two successful restaurants in Austin, Texas is so inspiring. I am very excited for her to be here and share some of her story on this On the Journey episode. But before we get started, I wanted to mention that we recently have been putting together an Amazon storefront. So this is a place where we can share our favorite finds and just the things that we found helpful along our journey. And that could be from books to self-care items, games, and more. It's a super easy way you can support the work we're doing and find some cool things along the way. You can check it out at amazon.com slash shop slash living joyfully. And as always, we really, really appreciate your support. So now I'm going to turn it over to Erica to get us started. Hi. (laughs) Hi, Sarah. I'm so excited to have Sarah joining us. And I thought we could start maybe with you sharing a little bit about you and your family and what everyone is interested in these days. Sure. No, thanks so much for having me on. Um, Yeah. So it's my, in my, in our household, it's myself and then my husband, Ray, and our son, Eamon. Um, we live in Austin, Texas, and um, uh, Eamon just turned seven yesterday. So, um, but old soul, old soul. Um, yeah. So Eamon's, I mean, his overarching, I'd say his major passion is play. And that, that permeates everything, um, everything that he does. Uh, pretend play. And then it's really manifested into video gaming and um how he even like engages with video games. Um, So basically, I mean, right now he is, um, yeah, like really into uh, simulation games and sort of like, yep, first person, really immersive, um, playing with them, you know, uh, like making up storylines and stuff like this. Um, When he was like five or so, I think I showed him uh, Laurel and Hardy. And that right there, like, sparked this thing in him, which this, like, dynamic duo kind of a a mentality of, like, getting into mishaps and um, (laughs) just having a sort of dynamic um, in which they're engaged, like, with the world and kind of, he has literally taken that up and just used that in, like, most of our play, because him being an only child, um, it's really been, like, him and me in a big way, right? And so um, coming from a playful parent, my, like my mom, um, it just, it comes very naturally for me. So, um, that's a lot of the day is sort of him oscillating between his screen and video gaming and YouTubing and watching all the stuff, the walkthroughs, the, um, 
you know, like just other gamers doing their thing and, um, and then rolling that in so that he, you typically, he likes me to be sitting with him and like engaging, um, you know, with the game itself. So it's not just the video game because the games that he plays are not typically like ones that have a goal. They're just kind of these open world simulation and then let's make up scenarios and let's make up kind of character development and stuff like that and bring it in. So he's really into that. He's just, um, gotten close to over the last few weeks gaming with one of the network uh, folks um, son in Denmark. So we're in Texas and they're in Denmark. So um, it's a seven hour difference. So they're gaming together typically two times a day, morning time here when it's their evening. Um, but not really morning, more like 1 PM because Eamon is uh, a very, he's a night owl, just like his dad. Um, so he is going to sleep around 3 a.m. lately, which is also how he's learning time. He keeps jumping into bed and saying, you know, the small hand was on the two or the small hand was on the three. So he's sort of like playing with that. Um, And then he wakes up around one and it's right on with Theodore. So the two of them are playing Fortnite right now and they're playing um, this game called Wobbly Life, which is really fun to hear him um, he's, he was always being an old soul and being, I think, an only child. And then being on the unschooling, like part of the reason why we unschool is because I think other kids, he was kind of overwhelmed socially, really, like when he was small and he really loved just our play and the, um, the way that we like work together. So, um, the, just to watch him now at almost seven or now seven, um, be very like comfortable and open and ready for some so- real social engagement. I mean, now it's like, he's just hamming it up. I mean, the, he doesn't stop talking. Theodore doesn't stop talking. And the two of them are just like at it. So there's this whole little friendship thing happening now socially for him, which is really interesting. Um, and he loves um, filmmaking, like making stop motions. And he's not a big movie watcher, but it's amazing how much he's gleaned just from the few movies that he's seen. And then I think YouTube, um, which at first, you know, YouTube was very scary to me as a medium of like, wow, is this what we're going to be watching? It felt like reality TV, like all, all the time. And which was just so sort of foreign to like my upbringing because it was like just shows and these like, beautiful plots and very controlled like you know characters and stuff and now it's like oh god what is he watching now right but he has gotten so much out of it and I've I've sat with him and watched you know a lot with him and now I, I feel you know the freedom to kind of like I could be cleaning and he's doing that but um the social and the comedic and the, everything he picks up he just then it's like it's he's he's like finding what really turns him on and then he's able to utilize that in his gaming and his filmmaking anything like that so shorts and stuff are now coming in to play which again the youtube shorts you're like oh my god what is this doing to a brain are we okay this is a scroll um we haven't gotten into tiktok yet but he's you know doing it and i can again the, the guys that he's watching or the girls he's watching it's like they all they're so aiming. They're so him. And when they're not, he just kind of flips it or, or it is. And now it's a new aspect of him. And so it's, it like that right there, just, just wonderful. It's like, it's all weaving into life. So, um, but his, but the real passion that he has for the filmmaking part, at least what he said at this point is the editing. So he loves like the filming and then he could sit for, hours and just like he will edit till the cows come home music he loves picking out like um just different the, literally they're the perfect soundtracks to like any moment right and even in our play he's got these spotify playlists that are kind of vaudeville like 
a little, um, they're very jazzy and, but like with like a, you know, jauntiness or he's got some real intense, like, you know, savior kind of music, like rescue music or something. And it's like, that's when things go into slow-mo and we've got stuffies and gnomes and it makes the play so much easier to do because you've got this music. So I just feel like the music, the video gaming, the the video editing, all of it, like him being able to kind of control these, like the scene, it's really about that. Like he almost thinks in vignettes in a way, which is so interesting, like how how we're going to make this up and then the song will change and it changes the whole mood. So um, he is just that he's just playing. He's playing with like everything. Right. And um so that that would be him. I mean, right now, yeah, it's a lot of video, it's a lot of YouTube, it's a lot of um the gaming and then the pretend play with me. And then um I guess just what we're into. So Ray and I, yeah, we we opened up a plant-based gastro pub here in Austin, same year we had Amen, um, which people think is crazy, but then I'm like, well, I don't know when else we would have done it. So actually it's really good timing that we did that because we wouldn't have had any time otherwise. And so for the first like six years, I'd say we had a GM and like we had we just had the team. And so I was able to just kind of like Ray and I divided and conquered attachment parenting with Eamon. So I've been with him hundred percent. We still co-sleep, we still nurse, we still do it all. So, um, and my focus was really on like playing with him in a very immersive way. And that's just it. And so we've just continued that on and Ray taking on over at the beer plant more. Um, and then recently we sort of had like a little shakeup. So COVID, like in restaurants, you can imagine. So just some things have gone um, a little, a little bit of like just a little funky. And so I've decided like just in the last six weeks, hey, you know, we've been trying to weather this. Why don't I get a little bit more involved? That way I, I think it's just a lot to handle for one person. And maybe like I think I need to get more in tune with this thing because you've got, you know, um, it, it's a lot of parts and it's a lot of people. And anyway, so um, my new thing basically is like kind of getting in there and general managing from the morning and the sleep cycle has worked out so well in terms of Eamon staying up so late and stay, sleeping in so I can get up, get over there, come back and um, be with him for a bit and then get over there again if I need to. So that's a kind of a new thing right now. We're playing with sleep. We're playing with me working more, but really having all these like wonderful conversations about how life is changing a little bit, but that the beer plant kind of needs my attention right now, but he does too. So let's, let's he and I like make sure that we really create like a great schedule for that. Um, because before this, I mean, really it's been the beer plant aiming and unschooling and that's kind of where I'm at anyway. Um, those are my like interests and what takes up most of my time. And we've got some new neighbors and stuff, which I haven't had much social stuff. So again, as Eamon's kind of blooming with Theodore, I feel like we're in tandem where we've got these new neighbors that now are coming over once a week that we've like met. And I, I just love them. And it takes a lot to just like really love, I don't know, like really commune with people at this age. Like, um, so that's been really fun to kind of open and develop our, my social like aspect, a little, like that, that social self a little bit. Um, and then Ray is my, yeah, he's my nighttime researcher. He's nocturnal. So he's like at the beer plant every evening, just helping being a gopher and stuff like that. And then he comes home and he just researches whether it's health topics or state of the world or whatever. Um, yeah, that's kind of, that's, that's where we're at right now. So anyway, yeah, I went a lot of places, but. <laughs> wow, that was so amazing. Um, I think that, uh, what you were sharing about Eamon, what came up for me is like, He's seven and what an amazing, rich, deep life he gets to have, you know, like how, 
how even a young child like that can have these really strong interests and really explore kind of like the depths of, of things, you know, like human emotion and human relationships and storytelling and like all these things. And I think mainstream culture, you know, will tell us that children that young, they just have to wait, you know, like you have to wait till you get older, till you can actually explore these things. But hearing all the things he gets to do at seven, just like gives me goosebumps. Like what an amazing life, you know? I know when, when you're in it too, like you don't have that perspective. Like to me, that's just Eamon, right? And Eamon right. is like ageless. He just really is because he's always been this old soul, verbal, like thinking about a million things. And so it's, it doesn't even strike me as it would be different, but that's so, yeah. When you step back and you just say, wow, you're allowed to just really go to town on anything you want and all that you get back from that. It's, it's unbelievable, you know? Yeah. I love it. I do. And I I love the what struck me too was the openness of your lives in that like this um friendship has bubbled up now for Eamon. And you're noticing a friendship bubbling up for you alongside and you're weaving in uh, you know, getting more involved at the restaurant. So it's just like for me, that's the seasonality of life. And the ability to flow as things come up, because I mean, that is stressful that things went funky for, you know, during absolutely during COVID and and the recovery season from that and figuring things out. So even when life gets funky, we have the space to let things bubble up. And as you say, we're trying this. You're working with Eamon to see, you know, does this still feel like we're connected? Are you still feeling comfortable with this? And even if it's not, you know, big conversations, he's very verbal. So probably you guys are literally chatting about it. But also, you know, you can you can see through reactions, through emotions, through all these pieces, you can, they're still communicating how things are feeling for them. And it doesn't make even when we choose something to try. And then we need to morph it a little bit more and morph it. It's not wrong. Each little step is like, oh, we're going to try this and we're going to learn a little bit more about how it feels. And then we'll keep tweaking it until we hit something that feels good. And then I always add for now, right? Because <laughs> things grow and change over time, don't they? <laughs> so yes, they do. Much. Okay, I have the next question. And absolutely, you mentioned that your restaurant business. And I we just wanted to hear a little bit more about how you see running your business and unschooling fitting together into your life. If you could dive into that a little bit more, that would be so cool. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, gosh, the two things they seem like they're so similar on like the similar track, right? Yeah, they're like this boundless like they, they're, they're never stopping kind of like any I don't know it's like choose your adventure at all times basically and it's about listening and um growing I mean this like you know you open a restaurant and you don't you don't quite realize but it's it's like this living breathing thing right like and from the back side it's like you've got so many parts you've got to listen to the guests you've got to listen to your team you've there's a lot of support that it needs there's a lot of creativity it's like the same thing as this unschooling where you wake up every day and there's no difference between Monday and Sunday, really, you know, except for us, it's like volume on Friday night and Saturday night, but that's about the only rhythm that changes. Right. So there's no nine to five. And so for me and for Ray, like 
I think even in the beginning, it's funny. I sort of had this like realization about like balance and trying to strike balance. I was sort of like, you know what? The hell with balance for a little while. And I'm going to like just the restaurant's going to take everything. It's going to be a hundred percent for us. And Eamon's going to be a hundred percent. And if our house, like we live in a fixer upper that it's just perpetually a fixer upper. You know why? Cause we don't have the time right now. Eventually we will have the time. So I can put that aside and I can prioritize, you know, that, listen, we really need like the restaurant really needs this or Eamon really needs this or whatever it is. But it, it's amazing when you're present in something that doesn't have, and also you're the you're in like the, the driver's seat slash like, and Eamon's in the driver's seat too. So I don't mean that Ray and I are driving Eamon at all. It's like the three of us get to kind of drive these lives and we're driving the restaurant, but at the same time, so is everybody else that's involved in it. And so it takes this like team effort and so many beautiful things come out of it and with unschooling because everybody's like involved everyone's chatting we run the restaurant same way with Amon. like it's just there's no um i don't know like we're we're very for better and for worse we're like very relaxed people we're very i mean except for a little anxiety about stuff but like all the good stuff like that's behind and then very like approachable communicative let's work together like it's it's kind of soft and really nice like we do not we've heard about cutthroat um restaurants and the way that restaurants typically function it's like it's the numbers it's the bottom line it's um we've got managers in place and everyone knows exactly what they're doing at all times and this is what we do on mondays this is what we do on tuesdays we are not like that which some people can hang with that and some people can't and a lot of people would be like ah I can't do this. Like you can't run a restaurant like that. Or with Eamon, Eamon does what Eamon wants. You know, we do it together. It's work. It works out so beautifully. He goes to bed when he wants, when his body's tired, he eats when he wants, what he wants. Like a lot of my, you know, adult friends, it's like, Oh my God, I could never do it. They have like school vacation and they're like, Oh my gosh, what are we going to do this week? You know? And I'm like, I'm going out of my mind where I'm like, Oh my gosh, that it's the best. So I guess, the two things are, we're kind of like, it's just not counterintuitive, but like, I guess so from a cultural standpoint, they're like, we're doing these both things in very different ways, but they're the ways that are authentic to us. And they work out nearly almost all the time, you know, except for that footing, which again, I do think that COVID, I'm just, you know, that definitely shook stuff up. And and then we and any and in life you get those little missteps too where you're just like oh things got funky like you said and we're gonna we're gonna you know get all in and just approach it just like we do every day right and then figure it out so I guess the two they really work so well together like the fact that I can get up and I can prioritize my day and I don't have to be anywhere at any time unless I've made you know that um like a meeting time or something like that but everything's flexible too and the flexibility piece is just so I mean in some ways I feel like not like spoiled but like I feel so lucky I guess would be the word like the positive word it's just very very fortunate that I'm able to we all the three of us in this house can do what like whatever we need to do and want to do when we want to do it and how we need to and it's going to take like more of our brain power oftentimes because we're the ones that are behind everything. We don't have a principal or a teacher or, you know, I don't have any, a boss that's telling me, Oh, Sarah, actually, don't you see that? Like, you know, your food costs are this. It's like, I have to do that. Right. So it's hypervigilant and you still have to sleep. So, (laughs) which we get plenty of it because we get to sleep when we want. So (laughs) that's just it, you know? 
It's so, I, I find that interesting too, to think about, because yes, when we feel so empowered and lucky that we have control over our time like that, like, but it does take energy to make the choices, right? We are empowered and we, so we need to make the choices of what we're going to do or, you know, even that that we need a rest day or we need a rest hour or, you know, whatever it is. But I think, I think that can be something too with kids with unschooling at some point. um, Sometimes it can feel a bit overwhelming to be making all the choices. Right. And then it's like, Oh, you know, just like, tell me what to do or et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, I think that is just a fascinating piece that we learn about ourselves and to be okay with, oh, geez, you know, if I just, you know, knew what to do, I don't quite have the energy for making all these choices. Yet, I know in my case, anyway, even when I kind of felt that way, I I never chose that way. Mm-hmm has the value of having the choice in my life always always won out even because then I knew oh that's kind of a clue that I'm feeling a little low energy maybe I'm starting to burn out just a touch that this is starting to feel overwhelming so I need a little bit more self-care just <laughs> bring that up rather than thinking oh no this was all wrong I I I would rather just have like outside control over my schedule I don't know. That might have been a weird way, but that's what bubbled up for me because that freedom is awesome. But just acknowledging that it also takes energy, doesn't it? (laughs) What what I loved and want to really point out because, you know, so we're talking about unschooling a lot here, which is education is pretty conventional in our society. And we're taking an unconventional look, a creative look, you know, we can change things up. And what I love is that the restaurant business, I mean, there are people that very much think there's a conventional way to run a restaurant, you know, and that it has to look a certain way. And so what to me, it's just this reminder of, you know what, all bets are off, like we can change anything. And, you know, Pam, we've talked about it a lot before, like once you start down that unschooling path, you really just start to question all the things. And so that really, do I have to be doing it the way that, you know, they're saying that I need to do it. And so I love that you have these two things that you're making, like you said, fit authentically with you, that you're looking at it with this new creative eye and that you're not getting bogged down in the well, but for to run a restaurant successfully, you have to do X, Y, and Z because it's just not true. Like there's so many ways to do things. And so, I don't know, I love that aspect of like just bringing the lens to everything. Yeah, I was like, as I was hearing you talk, Sarah, it was all these like paradigm shifts jumping out at me, you know, like the paradigm shift of like, we're not doing power over, you know, it's going to be collaborative. And you know, there is no such thing as a have to, we're going to just make choices of what we want to do, you know, and these are, they're huge paradigm shifts to make if you're coming from a conventional place. But I just love how all the things that we talk about with unschooling just weave right into all the other things we do, like when you're interacting with, you know, the people that you work with at the restaurant, the same principles of communication and collaboration, like those same things can apply so well. And really, I think could surprise people of like how well it can work, um, like to come from that angle. 
how much better it can feel too, you know, because <laughs> there's a lot of restaurant business can have a lot of, <laughs> of darkness to it for people. And I think part of that is the convention that's put on it, you know, and so I love that you're just rethinking all of that. And it just sounds like it fits and feels as much better for everyone involved. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I have question number three, which kind of harkens back to something you were talking about earlier, but, you know, on the network, you've talked a lot about Eamon and his play. And I loved hearing those kind of nuances of all the things he's into and how you're involved with that. But I think just, I don't know, just talking a little bit more about how that evolved. And it sounds like it came pretty naturally to you. And like, what, you know, what have you learned in that process? Or has it been like you thought it was going to be? Or I don't know, just a little bit more about that, because I'm so fascinated by the beauty of the play that you all have. Oh yeah. No, I, that it's really like, it, it's just because it's so big in our lives. Like it is it, most of the day, like I've said, I mean, the characters just kind of come out. Right. And like they, they're in every moment and we just know we've got these, you know, the stuff, whether it's the stuffies, a lot of it's characters. Right. Yeah. So and that means also that the play comes with us wherever we go. So I guess, yeah, I mean the, the bond and again, Eamon is an only child. So I take that stock right now. Had he, and if he had siblings, he'd probably be playing with them all the time right now. And a lot of learning would be coming from that. So families that do have more than one child would be like, that's where that that's going. But as a mom of an only child, um, I could see very early on, it was like our play dynamic just worked from the get-go. So when he was very small, um, of course, you're playing with two-year-olds, you're playing yeah. with three-year-olds, you're playing with stuff, but mainly you're just playing together, right? And like at the park, it was me and him. And it's not just Chase, it's more this character thing. I could just see this within him. Um, and not that he's not him. He likes to even be him, but then maybe I'm a YouTuber that he loves and he lights up. He literally feels like that YouTuber is right there, right? So this is where just a little bit of like, I was in drama in high school and college and it's the old, not even college. I only went to high school because it just wasn't a, a thing, but I'm like, this is where you use that. This is where that improv comes in, you know, like just have fun with it. So the, the closeness and bond and the being able to have it in my pocket at all times from when he was small to even now at seven, if we're out somewhere and I can see that he's like a little bored or maybe something is like upsetting him a little bit. It's like the playfulness that we can just tap into in a moment changes everything. And so there's this constant playful energy, I think, that we've cultivated through um, having been either, you know, just down on the floor with him. It's funny. Yesterday was his birthday. So we, for a few minutes, we all looked at some old videos, right? I mean, to the technology that we have. So we're on his iPad and we just looked at a few things when he was like three, four, five. And there he is, you know this little guy and we're playing and he, he was already such a character and already gleaning so much stuff. And he's just there on the screen. And I thought, man, we've been doing this for forever. Like since he, he came out basically. Um, and it just has created this solid foundation for the two of us that like right now it's a really busy time for me, which is a little bit of like a, I didn't want it to be this record rip where all of a sudden it's like, because then when I come home, I still have some stuff going on or it's been, you know, I don't want to lose that thing. And we're not, we're not losing it. Even if it's less time that maybe we have, we don't have all day to play. We have it in every pocket. So I'll come home and I'll just be like, I'll come in and I'll be, you know, Pythor from Ninjago. That's like, it, it, I guess that's like a really good example of where he goes. So ha he has watched just the season one of Ninjago. This is when he was about five. He watched that and the Lloyd and Pythor dynamic. I don't know if you're familiar at all, but if you are, 
their dynamic, he just took it and he ran. Okay. So these guys then can be mischievous, but also kind and they're good. And then he sort of brought in this whole other storyline of Kai, like trying to make Lloyd be the green ninja. This is a huge part of our, like that'll just come up and we know that that's where we're at. Right. So then I'm Pythor, he's Lloyd and either we're going to do jobs wrong or something, or we're going to do whatever (laughs) it, 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 it like, there's no start or finish. It kind of is just always there for us to tap into. And then it fills his cup and then it's like, we're off to the next thing. And so the play is just weaving in and out of the day. The minute he gets up, it could be restart or whatever. And I just know we can read each other so well because of it, because when you've played with somebody, I think you develop together a chemistry and like a language and this whole other kind of world template, like a a place that you guys go and a bond that just feels like so good, so tight. I feel like I know him so well, even though he constantly surprises me. And like, I think vice versa. It's, mm-hmm. and so play, you know, at first it's like, uh, when I, I think when I just thought about like, you play with your kid, you play with your kid. It's like, great. And then life goes on and like, whatever, like you just have these like moments of play. And oftentimes parents are exhausted by playing and that's just it. But when, when it's not this like, we play an hour a day and it's this isolated time when it's just this, you've got, you've developed these like things together. It can just be in and out of the day again. So that there's not the scheduled time or that we have to fit it in. It's like, it fits into every single like space that the day allows, which is also just beautiful. So I, yeah, I, I'm like, I'm so like play is just incredible. The more, if you can do even a little, whatever it is, I mean, some people are really, they're much more, they're better at like, a, you know, a board game or something like that and not maybe the pretend, but um, whatever way that you can, if you can inject that into the day, I just feel like it, again, it's like a bond that happens between you and your kid that like, it, it helps with everything. Again, those moments and diffusing and stuff like that. So um, yeah, I love it. And then he's just not just one last thing, I guess, like video gaming too, to me, I beforehand, like before Eamon really got into it, it would have been like, oh, they video game. Like you just think of it as like, we're playing Mario Brothers and they're smashing each other and you're trying to get over the obstacles. It's like, it's so much more than that. Like when you actually sit and then you're doing it with them, they are getting a ton out of that. And you like we bonded over that. So then again, this is a connection piece, I guess. The play part is so big for a little kid. They're just they're tuned for it, right? Or yeah, oh, I yeah. love it. And and I would say I was not as great with the pretend play, and so had to work at it. But what was interesting to me is kind of what you saw when you do commit and kind of get in there. You see all the connections, all the learning, like all these things that are going on. Because I think when we're standing back over here, oh, they're playing with some figurines, and you know what are they? They're playing over there, and you know my, my daughter, they had each other, so they're playing with their sibling. Um, but when you're in it, you see like how the wheels are turning, where they're like connecting something from maybe something that's happened in the family with something they saw in a show with something that happened out here. And that was always so fascinating for me. Like that's how I could kind of get into something that I felt like was a little bit hard for me because I'm not as playful as that in yeah. real life. And so, but, but it was those making those kind of connections and seeing that, that got me excited about it, about like being involved and same with video games, right? Because that's 
surface level of video games is, oh, they're doing Mario Karts. But when you're playing it, you realize, one, how hard it is, two, all the things you need to be thinking about in order to do it. And so it just become, it does become this connection point and this common language and this something you can reach to because I am all about we can shift energy so quickly when we bring that kind of playful mindset to it, when we, you know, when we set that stage. So having those things to pull from is so valuable. And I've just seen that so much with you and things that you've talked about. Yeah. Yeah. I have goosebumps again from that section. (laughs) It's just so Mm -hmm. incredible. Um, It just like, it feels like you are speaking the language of childhood with Amen. You know what I mean? Like it, you can't get that level of connection without being able to go there. But I think it's hard for a lot of adults because it takes a lot of vulnerability to be able to be someone else and pretend something and really go there with like being silly and kind of, you know, it's it's kind of like you have to really step out of the role of who you are being in your real life and just give into it. But I think it's that being vulnerable, like that vulnerability is what then allows the children to connect with you because it's like, oh, like she's actually going there with us, you know, and it's and it's just so fun. And you're right about just like then the shared language of those characters and just knowing all of those details with each other is like it creates such a bond. And I don't know, it's super inspiring to hear you talk about play. Yeah. No, well, sometimes so, you need to. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Pam. Oh, you, you, no, you follow up with Erica because I was going to bubble up one other thing. Are you sure. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I was just thinking, like, yeah, just a couple of like things that have helped me to like stay in, let's say, like in the play zone. So, like, um, we have some like a lot of stuffies, obviously, but like we've got some puppets, right? And so, um, like a puppet coyote who's like just the best, just big and fluffy, and that's Kai, the coyote. So, um, Kai will often come on walks with us, or someone will take somebody with us on a walk, like just trying to get out in nature and stuff. Eamon loves his walks. I love walks too, but he's not just gonna walk, and he doesn't, <laughs> and he might want to talk about everything he's seeing and he might be someone who's like oh look at this but he if he if he has a character to do it in it's even more fun or he can be him but he's got Kai to talk to him so then it's Kai and Kai's like and he Kai doesn't know anything so it's sort of like well what's that thing over there and he's like that's a mailbox well what's the mail what what do you mean a mailbox what's a mail and then he has to go he loves this he lives to try to break down everything and just teach this will be the mile walk that we do around our loop and he points out everything to Kai and like I remember being a kid or seeing kids with like grown up teachers that come in or even like Mr. Rogers or like the old things. It's like they have somebody typically, or they are someone and they're engaged and they're real animated and they're just talking to the kids. Most of our play, when I think about it, I'd say half the time it's just talking, but we're just doing it with this playful piece to it. So maybe it's not me he's talking to, even though he loves to chat with me, but that's like when we're driving and we're together. So he loves having that thir- that element of whether it's Kai or it's the n- a little gnome we take with us. And then they can like they can talk about anything and you can bring it on your walk. Like, we'll, you know, we'll pretend again, like the Ninjago characters were on our walk. If we see any cracks, that means that Jay's after us, right? Because we're Pythor and Lloyd. So we're the bad guys, kind of, but they love us. So it's like, avoid all cracks. Come on, Lloyd, let's go. You know, we've got to go. And then we just jump the cracks and he's, and sometimes he gets done and that's the whole walk. So it's not like a relax, the most relaxing walk. It is so fun though. And then I'm jumping and running and I'm actually getting my exercise. So it's like, again, that interweaving and voices definitely helps. So like, 
I I wouldn't do them here because I'm not good at voices. But to Eamon, it's like yeah. I am Pythor for a minute. You know what I mean? And it keeps me in character because if it's just me, I get hi. Like if I was a little guy and I was just me and I'm playing, I'm going to get bored in like five minutes, literally. You know what I mean? Like, hi, Eamon, here we go. But if I'm this like, hello, Eamon, oh, yeah, you can like stay in that in that like character. And then it's fun for you and you kind of ham it up if, you, if you're into that thing, which I think a lot of us have that if we just kind of allowed for it it's almost like you get a little tipsy or something do you know what I mean but you're not you're just tipsy on play where it's like oh my god I'm being so silly is anyone hearing this and it just develops you know I don't know just to see like what what you find fun in play if you can tap into what is fun for you as a grown-up and maybe even what was fun for you as a kid and I don't think I've had to go back that far but some people might, you know, and just to kind of like reconjure if you can. And, but you know, it might be tricky and you'll find another bond with your kiddo, obviously. So it, it could be like that they're really into science or something and you're really into it and you guys just totally groove on that. And that's fine. It's just more, if you have that playful little piece of you that wants to come out, it is, it's remarkable how it's like this, just this thing that you have with you guys, you know? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah. Number one, you took it exactly where I wanted to go. Oh. <laughs> For me, so that's what bubbled up when you were talking, was that play can just weave into our days and the things we do. It doesn't, it's not, this is playtime. Right and now, this is when I go make dinner. And this is when I go have my walk around the neighborhood for my exercise or whatever. But that play can be part of those things I don't need to sometimes it would be can we continue this in the kitchen area because everybody's getting hungry and I'm going to get us a snack but you know we don't it's not a stopping point it's not like a natural you know or, or can my character or somebody take my turn for a couple of rounds while I go grab us a snack and bring it back it doesn't have to be uh, a one or the other thing right like for me that was a huge shift once my kids came home and were there all the time and we started actually hanging out together and yeah. doing things together and playing together to see that I didn't need to be so like my mind was just like okay I do this and then I do this and then I do this you know and it it was fascinating to get more to the flow state so it wasn't like start stop start stop start stop it was like things could flow and we can bring pieces here and bring pieces here. And, and it just brought such a different energy to the day. And I just want to highlight one thing you just brought up there too, which is brilliant, which is finding for ourselves, like the, the idea of getting bored with play. But yeah, finding for ourselves that little thing that makes it, helps it be a little bit more engaging for us. Like, absolutely. Just that little piece of I'm going to filter this through a character and bring it out, right? That I have to think about that now. I have to keep engaged and occupied, you know, so that I can do that. So that was just really fascinating for me. And again, you know, it's going to be if what we're wanting is to connect with our kids, it's going to be through the things they love to play with. So like you have so beautifully connected with Damon through the, the care, like how you saw from when he was just the youngest, youngest child, that this is what makes his eyes light up and his heart sing. And, you know, I get goosebumps just thinking about you two just hanging out and playing together. And 
like it can be different for somebody who is, you know, more into science experience or board games or, you know, I love the video game uh, idea too, because as Anna was saying, there's just so many different pieces to it, right? But when you engage with them, you see the pieces that make it shine. Like, like with Joseph, it was stories and characters, you know, and I love you talking about how he's just in an open world for the most part, and you're bringing the story to that. And, you know, with Joseph growing up, it was more like RPGs, Game. He didn't play the open world games. He wanted games with a deep story and lots of characters so that he could sink into that and play yeah. through those different viewpoints, perspectives, and see how that felt. So, yeah, it's, it's all about getting to know our kids, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. Yeah. When you get the, it's those details. They're just right. When you really, really listen, <clears throat> pay attention. And kind of just go whenever you tune in. It doesn't have to be when they're very, very small. You can tune in anytime, right? And just be like, wow, when you just really sit, which life just goes by very, you know, quickly. And the older we get, it seems to go like a day goes by so fast. But just taking that little time paying attention, it's like, wow, those are such little gems, you know, that then just can like again, it's the weaving, it's the flow, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, w- I had a couple other thoughts when you were both talking, like first, just about the idea of like, I don't have time to play right now, like actually doesn't make any sense. Because in any moment, I could just be playful about it or be a different character. What You know what I mean? Like, I could still get my things done in a playful way. And so I like kind of the challenge of just dropping that idea of like, there needs to be time to play and shifting to just being playful. Um, And then the other thing I was going to mention is, so my kids are 13 and almost 12. And so I think, you know, for me, when I was growing up, that was kind of past the point of this kind of pretend play stuff. Mm -hmm. But for my kids, it is not past it. And I just love that. I feel like, I mean, it could be a little bit cultural, too, because I see on Roblox all these role-playing games that are there. And, you know, teenagers are playing those still with their friends. And, you know, it's like, do you want to do a role-play? I hear them do it with their friends all the time. And we are getting ready um, to go on a trip right now. And I overheard them, like my heart was just bursting because I overheard them in the living room with their plushies, like talking about the trip from the point of view of the plushies, you know, working through some of the things that they're thinking about, but just like, you know, now this character's asking, so where are we going to go again? And where are we going to stay? And what is it going to be like? Like, what are we going to get to see? And then they're like, just talking through all these things, like, It really is, I think, just the natural way that humans like learn to process their lives is through play. And so I I just love like that our lives have enough space that at this age, they still are feeling free to play like that. I love that. That gives me that gives me like, I'm like, okay, because we're at seven. I'm going, how much longer do we have? You know, it's like, no, probably a long time. (laughs) And I think it's, it's kind of like Erica was saying, too. It's like, it's just this choice to just like take a playful attitude, you know? And I think somehow that feels easier too for me than like, okay, I'm going to sit down and play, but it's like, no, we can just be playful and we can bring in characters and we can be silly and we can, you know, just, I don't know, keep that, that energy alive. And I mean, I definitely saw, you know, that kind of pretend play for so long with my girls who are now, you know, in their mid twenties 
And there's still a very playful energy, especially with their dad, who tends to be more playful than I am. And it's just fun to see how I think it is kind of a natural human thing that maybe gets tamped down. I'm just thinking of like my, you know, me, my eight, like just tamp down the playfulness. But right, it's just so fun to see. And and the story about the kids working out the, the trip, like how valuable is that to be able to have that conversation in a way that maybe feels safer than saying, I'm worried about the trip, or I'm not sure about this aspect of the trip. And so just, I don't know how it's such a beautiful gift. It really is. And I got to say, even like you're saying, Anna, with adult kids. Yeah. I mean, Lissy will still dress up. I think I think they they attract they connect with friends in life, too, who have that same that energy in ways that they connect like and she had people together for a weekend for her birthday recently. And like a a big part of that was playing games, right? They still play um, hide and seek. What's the, with, with the flashlight stuff, like where they turn <laughs> off, like, like when they come home and visit, they will still like have friends over and do that at night because it's such a great, <laughs> I, when I get up in the morning and I see all like the microwave, li- all the lights are taped over. Yeah. <laughs> 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 So it is not something that they have to lose over over time. Like when when it's something that's respected and valued by the people in their lives, you know, they're comfortable bringing it with them and they attract and find the people in their lives, um, you know, as friends who will also engage in that with them. So, yeah, that's really fun to think about. Well, and and also too, like not to like, I know we don't want to ever look at things that kids are doing now and be like, oh, and when you grow up, this will serve you well, right? But I, you do, you see these things in a positive way, and you just say, man, like some of the more successful, happy people that I know, video game. I mean, they are, and they're kind of like, see, I'll be like, you video too, you know, you're, oh yeah, I know all those games. It's like you keep in your work, in your life, if you keep that playful spirit, again, you don't have to have it to be successful, but if you've got it and it's on, or just like you said, Pam, like it's like encouraged, it'll just, it serves everything when you get older as well. I think, you know, in your workplace, people are looking for this, a brain that thinks in a way that's sort of like, ah, there's a lot of possibilities. How do we want to play with this? You know? So it's such a great human trait to foster right and like see where that can go for you too so again just from an unschooling so much you know because I think it's again it's not about it looking a particular way we're all going to bring different things to it but it's that playful creative energy and we talk about that all the time to bring to problems to bring to relationships to just have that open curiosity is part of that playfulness you know of figuring out different pieces and so I do think it's this you know incredibly useful human trait that we can all cultivate and as always, our kids lead the way if we just leave ourselves open to that. And I think that's just so, so beautiful. So thank you so much for joining us today, Sarah. That was amazing and so much fun. I just, uh, I hope everyone enjoyed this conversation and it'll be bubbling about all the things about it. Um, And we definitely hope that you'll join us next time on the Exploring Unschooling podcast. And we would also love it if you check out our other podcast, the Living Joyfully podcast as well. You can find it on your favorite podcast player or at podcast.show slash living joyfully and come join us on the network where we can keep talking and playing. So, (laughs) all right, everyone take care. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you. Thanks guys so much. 
I hope you found this episode helpful on your unschooling journey. And be sure to check out the growing podcast archive. The conversations never go out of date. You can find more information about my books, the Living Joyfully Network online community, and the Childhood Redefined Unschooling Summit online course at my website, livingjoyfully.ca.